Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you a dog American, dog Canadian, and as you'll get to know soon enough, the knucklehead whisperer. I present to you Headley, the co-host of the VIP Players Podcast. Good night, sir. Good night. Good night, sir. You know, in that write-up, you forgot to tell them I'm, I'm tall, dark, and handsome, too. No, nah, And nah, I could we, probably... We... Dude, this is radio. You have, In order to, for you to sell to that general public who are not sports advocates or sports enthusiasts, you, you got to get that crossover field. You need to get the women <laughs> listeners. <laughs> So in that regard, you gotta tell them that. I, I mean, I could very well be a cousin with Maurice Chestnut. Yeah, you but you gotta put that. You gotta put that into the introduction, man. But what does that mean exactly? Morris Chestnut's uh, was cousin. What do you mean? Was nephew? I'm tall, dark, and I'm tall, dark, and handsome, just like Maurice Chestnut. Morris Chestnut ain't tall. Oh, well, I am. This person is. <laughs> You gotta get that mental picture in your listeners. Listen, head. I I don't want that mental picture in my head. I'll tell you that right now. See. <laughs> You can get out of here with that. Um, <laughs> Either way, they, they got the, they got the image. I'm not even sure where to begin or how to start this, but these last couple of months have been insane for me, um, just to kind of comprehend everything. And I won't even start with Headley. I'm going to start with Nigel Ennis because my last podcast in 2021, I dedicated that show to my best friend in university when I was in university. Um, because he passed away last June, and I had a real hard time with it. You know, a couple of months ago, I went to his first memorial, and it was tough. You know, I actually left it early because, you know, I just had a hard time dealing with it. And I even told some of my friends about it the day before the memorial, including Headley himself. And then 24 hours later, after the memorial, no lie, on June 6th, I got the worst news I could could have ever received, you know, that my brother, one of my best friends that I've known for over 30 years, has passed away. And like I said, it's, it's still a surreal circumstance. I still can't fathom it. I really can't. Um, forget for a second what it means to me and my family and his family and our deep, deep community of friends. I'll just tell you what it means to South Sharav. Um, when I started this South Sharav as a blog, a blog in 2013, Hadley was one of my biggest supporters. He kept pushing hard for me to continue my path with media and even helped me guest write or co-write one of my most popular blog posts, which was the 20th anniversary of New York Undercover. It's one that got recognized by the executive producers and creators of the show, and you can still see it in the comments. So when I started a podcast show now, I actually created a second show that we could do together called the VIP Players Podcast to do. Yes, great name, great name, I know. Um, so we did an episode. Then the clip that you hear at the beginning of this of this episode right now was the first show that we did. But, you know, it didn't work out, uh, mostly because he just wanted to see me go and wanted to see me shine on my own. So, um, man, the biggest supporter. He was one of my few sounding boards that I had. Anytime I had an idea, even for emergency episodes, he'd hop on it or do everything to try. 
even right before he passed, he sent me about three or four ideas for different guests and was going out of his way to try to get them for me. It's the kind of man he was. He was an important figure to South Shore Ave. Behind the scenes, was always helping me wherever he could. I can't remember where I heard this before, but we all should have that type of friend that will go to the moon with you and for you. And I mean, like, no matter how impossible or crazy your idea or dream might be, you should have that one friend that will look out into the horizon with you and say, this is crazy. How do we get here? <laughs> Let's go to work. And I'm very blessed to have a few of those. But that guy, that guy was that for me. Nothing seemed impossible because nothing is impossible. And I mean nothing. I really mean nothing. That type of energy, that type of personality, that type of mindset is unique. And I don't care what kind of person you are. You keep those people in your life. And I got 30 plus years worth of that. Some people don't even get that for one. So it goes without saying that the Sashara family will feel this. And I've never taken this long between episodes before. Um, it's basically been about two months now. But it forced me to take a hiatus for a while just to kind of deal and just get my, my head right to do this. And it didn't feel right to do my first episode after taking this long off, after Hadley's passing especially, and, and not do what I'm doing right now. So for the regulars that tune in, you get it. I know you get it. And for the ones that don't, listen. Understand that this one is for the South Shore. This is for our community. This is, this is for us. So tune in anyway. Stay with us. And ride with me. We're going to honor our brother on this episode and celebrate what he meant to us. There's no blueprint for this type of show. But in this case, I'm more than willing to create one. We're going to start with tributes from some of my South Shiraz family members and past guests, starting off with Big Brother Curtis. And on the back half of the show, I'm joined by a producer of NPR's Invisibilia, Andrew Mambo, as well as the rest of my South Shiraz family members, Sean Adonis and Randall Walter, as we process this tremendous loss, what he meant to us, and so much more than that. South Shiraz is available wherever you listen to podcasts especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn and Alexa, and Stitcher. Hit the five stars for the support. I appreciate you all. And I'm thanking you in advance, especially for the people that's personally reached out to me with the love and the support. It's greatly appreciated, and it's not forgotten. Believe me. Believe me on that. It's the Have Podcast for Cal C on South Shirav Radio. Thank you. And if you're wondering why I call this episode Headley-ish, it's kind of self-explanatory. But then again, it isn't. I'll explain at the end of the show. Let's go. Welcome to the Av Podcast with Cal C on South Sharav Radio. Headley Bent. I think um, the biggest thing that I'll, I'll take from the relationship with Headley that I that I had that I was blessed to have was the amount of interest he he had for my family, mainly the kids, um, mainly their activities, and how interested he was, um, how involved he was to watch their successes. 
uh, unfold. I would say with uh, with Jade, you know, if he couldn't make a race, the races that were that were at York, he would try to he would try to come through. Uh, if he couldn't make it, he would always ask me to send uh, a video. He would uh, look at those races and call Jade afterwards and have discussions in regards to you know how she finished the race, you know how her kick was, how you know. She, she was famous for not having good starts, so you would always tell her about her starts and how she could improve her starts. I would suggest that uh, she should be running the 400 instead of the, the 100 hurdles. Um, that, that was a great thing to watch and, hear and listen to. Uh, and she took, she took solace in, in looking forward to those discussions with him. In regards to, to Jalen, Jeez, I think he was one of his biggest fans. He uh, always had stats from out of nowhere. I don't know where he got these stats from, but he broke down Jalen's games through through stats, and Jalen would laugh and say, "Like, good lord! Like, Headley has stats before his coaching staff would give it to the team. Headley had breaking down the staff and, and pass it to me, or or call Jalen and spoke to him about." you know, his shooting percentages from this point on the court, or, you know, he should be rebounding the ball better. Cause it's like just a number of stats he would just throw out at, at, at Jalen. And it was impressive just to see, you know, again, someone takes such interest in your kid's life um, and their successes. And, you know, I, I know it just wasn't my kids. I know um, I, I've heard from others that, he did the same with theirs. Uh, secondly, uh, is the amount of interest and love that he had for his kids as a, as a father. They were blessed to have such memories, to have such lasting memories. I know they are going to have lasting memories of, of Headley being involved in their lives. Uh, he would always tell me about from the STEMS program to, to Avery's um, podcast, artistic side. And, and he was always trying to, 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 to massage that artistic side in her and pushing her to do the podcast, pushing her to draw, pushing her to take photography, pushing her to dance, like whatever it was that he thought he can get, you know, an ounce of anything from her, he would try to push and, and was so proud to talk about. Avery uh, was his joy. Um, so was Ethan with Ethan the STEMS program the, the the various sports he was he was pushing him and coaching him through and taking him to and you know he started the taekwondo the tennis yeah I mean he was just so proud of those kids I think they can have a lot of memories I think they're gonna take a lot of memories of of, of, of Headley with them moving forward and I, I hope they continue to thrive and uh, become great, 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 great individuals that he uh, envisioned that they would be. Bent not broken. Bent not broken. My name is Kevin W., proud member of the South Shore Ave uh, alumni. And I have to say that Headley personified drive, ambition, relentlessness, even in the face of adversity or as ridiculous. Headley represented the why not. 
in a lot of situations. The why not? Why can't it be done? Why not me? Why not you? Why not us? He is a man that prided himself in education, prided himself in being a man of many hats, not being um, pigeonholed or uh, typecast in any way, shape, or form. And I think that he would have been a proud example um, to show to any and all of our forefathers and the ancestors that their efforts did not go in vain. Being a devoted partner, being a friend, being a, uh, a significant other, being a father, being an anchor, uh, being a source of encouragement, being, <laughs> being a source of, 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 of ridicule anytime a trade deadline or a trade proposal came up, um, being just one of the guys and he had so many characteristics that we could all learn from. I think he possessed quite a few qualities at high levels. That, that could have been just his own drive, but I think a large part of it is also just showing us that it's also possible. Sometimes some people make it and they don't turn back. And other times people make it and they turn back and they don't forget the people behind them. I think that he was definitely the latter. Um, there were too few people, there are too few people like that in life, um, and those of us that are fortunate enough to encounter or, you know, have somebody like that in our lives, if you know who I'm talking about, then to me, Headley was one of those people. He will be missed 100%. He will never be forgotten. A thousand percent. Okay, what's up, everybody? My name is Jules, aka the Commish. Um, I'm an honorary member of the South Shore Ave. I have um, plenty of stories that, that I could share about Headley, but um, not many G-rated stories. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so this is one of my favorite G-rated stories. It's not it's not the funniest, but it's. It, um, it, it demonstrates what type of person Headley is. So what it is, is that one day he calls me and he says, Jules, uh, I, need you, I need a huge favor. Uh, I need you to help me move something uh, into the garage. Um, I said, okay, cool, no problem. He's like, yeah, okay. So what I need you to do is to go to my sister's house and help her move something out of a truck that's in the back of the truck and then i need it to be moved into the garage so his sister lives about five minutes ten minutes away from me so not far at all i said cool i'll do that i go okay give me 15 minutes so i get dressed i go over to his sister's house i knock on the door she answers the door and i and i and i tell her i say yeah so headley called me to come over to help you move something and she's like, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing for me to move. There's nothing for you to move. Sorry. So I said, what? He just called me. And then she's like, no, no. 
So I, so I called back Headley outside his sister's house and I said, yo, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. It's coming there now. It's going to be delivered there in another 10 minutes. Actually, Curtis, which is Calvin's brother, older brother, is picking it up and he will be there. And when he gets there, can you help him move it to the garage? So I say, okay, where are you? He goes, I'm in Montreal. Okay, so you want me to do to um to help you move something into the house and you're not even even here. He's like, Yeah, yeah, if you can cool, please do this for me. Whatever, whatever. And I say, Okay, all right. So anyhow, I'm I say, okay, so I tell the sister, yeah. So Hadley told me to wait here, it's coming. And she's like, Whoa, she's like, This guy is crazy. So she says, Okay, cool. So I'm waiting outside. 15 minutes goes by, 20 minutes. I'm li literally breaking up my day to come help this guy and i'm outside just waiting out his house out his sister's house for 20 minutes for curtis finally curtis shows up and i see this big he has like one of those um pickup trucks and i see this black pickup truck i never met this truck before i don't even know what kind of car he drives but i can see it coming down the road and he comes down the road and he turns and he reverses in and i look at the back of this pickup truck and in the back of this pickup truck was like this huge ass dresser tv like i don't know what you call those tv cons not consoles but like cabinets where you like it's built into the wall and i'm like what the fuck is this guy getting me into so curtis comes out and he goes yo i'm sorry man headley just called me to ask me to pick something up i didn't know what it was when i saw it it took me like 40 minutes to put this into the truck so i'm like what are we gonna do with this and Curtis is like, I don't know, bro. We just, I guess, have to put this into the garage. And I'm looking at this in the back of this truck. And I'm like, this is going to have to be dismantled, unscrewed. And I'm like, what the f***? I look at this and we both look at it. He's pissed. I'm pissed. And um, Headley's in Montreal. So we are literally moving items, furniture for him. And he's in Montreal. Anyhow, we ended up moving it into the garage took us about maybe two hours to, to unscrew dismantle move things and uh, we had to move things in the garage long story short we ended up using half of our day to help Headley move while he's in Montreal uh, so like it, I, it may not be like a funny story or whatever but this is a story that's typical Headley if you know Headley he will call you and ask you for a favor and the favor is something that's like out of the like element of like everyday friendship type favors. It's like a favor to move something like I, I, I couldn't get over that. The point of the story is also is that this is the type of guy Headley was. He would call and say check in and see how you're doing. But then he will ask for something. But him asking for something is because he would do that for you. You know what I'm saying? So like I didn't really ask him for many things, you know, but he when I did, he was always there immediately to um, to, to, to be there for me if I needed anything. And he was always there when I wanted him or, or, or needed him. But this is just his nature was he felt like if I was going to be there for you, I should be able to ask you um, as a friend to do me a favor. But that, that story, I, I still can't about that story about that truck and what we had to unpack and dismantle i was i was actually actually mad literally mad it was hot summer day and he asked me to do a favor and he misled me 
to believe it was like some type of like ottoman or something to move in there but it was like a whole dining room kitchen room family room set and he was in montreal and i don't know how he convinced me to do this while he was in montreal but that's the story about headley um there's many stories i've had i have for him but that's the only story i have that is can can describe what type of person he he was and uh that was g-rated that was that was clean this is joel ward sending some love to my man headley bent may he rest in paradise Got a lot of memories of my man, you know, I think a couple that stick out to me. Two main ones were one, our beloved chats about the sport of hockey and how it can be improved and more diverse and inclusive, the passion he, he had for hockey. And also just his infectious personality, the way he lit up a room was something that I admired. Um, people gravitated to him, you know. Uh, I mean, he stayed in contact with people that I played with or whether they're a mentor or not, you know, they always remembered Headley and, you know, I had always admired him and just the confidence that he had and, um, you know, people obviously gravitated to him as I said earlier and, you know, he lit up the room. I think looking back at all the pictures that I had, um, he was at the center. You know, and, and he was loved by everybody and, you know, and I, I really admired him for that. Um, just the fact that he could, he could mingle with anybody and regardless of the situation, um, he had a lot of love for everybody and just cared for people genuinely. And, and that's what uh, I really remember him the most from our time spent. Um, Headley, I'm gonna miss you, man. Uh, I loved our hockey chats and, <laughs> and uh how we can kind of keep improving the game so um i'll see you down the road my man love you all right so my name is jonathan and i'm gonna get right into it because headley was a hilariously bold and um, confident and inspiring individual and i have a story that really captures that and it was my first introduction to him so picture this Calvin and himself, they're coming to pick me up. And I'm not that familiar with him yet because um, I had known Calvin before. So I lived in, in an apartment and, you know, uh, Calvin's like, well, come downstairs. We're almost there. So I come downstairs and, you know, I'm about to come out the door, you know, and there's a uh, there's an area where, you know, people walk out and then, you know, you walk out onto the street. Headley drives onto the curb in front of the door, pretty much <laughs> blocking the door and actually, you know, announcing himself, honking the car. What's up, man? Get in. Like as if he's the Dukes of Hazard. And um, I was like, who is this guy? This guy is this guy's nuts. This guy is bold. You know, this guy is aggressive. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> And immediately I liked him. I said, I like this guy. And I hopped in the car, <laughs> just like Dukes of Hazard. And I remember, I think it was a convertible that they had rented. And they were playing Nas, and it was so timeless. And I felt just being in his presence was so freeing, so liberating. It was as if he knew the world was his, 
and uh, he was ready to break the rules. Although he played within the rules, he also was able to break them and bend them. And it was uh, very freeing of the mind at, at that time for me. Very freeing because I've never seen anybody drive onto the front entrance of a building and pick somebody up and then drive back on the street. And I don't, you know, I don't even think he planned it. It just happened naturally. Like, hey, man, I'm going to I'm going to give you the royal treatment to pick you up at your door. So anyway, that's my that's my funny story. That's my story about Headley because it really captures his nature, his boldness, his um confidence and his ability to feel that life is in his hands and working for him and he took charge and embodied those qualities hey what's going on everybody this is uh dj chris nice um i got a funny story about um my little brother that's what i call him my little brother mr headley bent classic story man so um this is when my son was was maybe about a year old. So my son's in his 20s now, like his early 20s. So this is how far back this goes. So Headley's at my house, as usual. He's always at my house, especially back in those times. And um, we started play fighting. So in play fighting, I mean, you know, we grew up play fighting rough. You know, I guess Headley didn't realize that. So in the roughness of play fighting, he got cut. But he didn't realize he got cut till I got him in a hold. And when I freed him, he realized he got cut in his forehead. So he was like, oh shit, you cut me. And I'm like, yeah, you know, shit happens. Like, it's just a, it's just a cut, you know, it's a little scratch on the forehead and I'm not thinking anything of it. So he goes upstairs to, I guess, check it out and stuff. So I'm sitting on the couch. The guy comes back downstairs, maybe, <laughs> maybe about two minutes later, he comes back up downstairs. Or maybe five minutes later, something like that. And he comes, he stands in front of me. So I'm holding my son on the like on the couch. I'm he's in my lap, we're just chilling, watching TV, whatever. He goes, um, yo, you cut me. So I look at him again, I'm like, Yeah, like, you know, I'm like we're back to that. I'm like, Yeah, you know, shit happens. He goes, No, you cut me. And he takes my son off my lap and places him on the couch next to me. <laughs> so I'm trying to I'm trying to compute this. I'm like, wait. What's this guy doing right now? So he looks at me again and he says it for like the fifth time. Yo, you cut me. Now he's standing in front of me. So now I'm like, okay, this shit is getting serious. I looked him dead in his eye and I said, Headley, let's, let's, let, let me get this straight. I said, um, you sure you want to do this, man? I said, because when I get up, I said, I'm punching for real. And I looked him dead in his eye and I said, you sure you want to do this? So I basically gave him an out and he looked at me. He looked me dead in my eyes and then he smiled and he was like, ah, all right, all right. and he walked out. <laughs> and me and him have told that story a couple of times to people. We died laughing, like cracked up, like hard, like every time. And I told him, I said, one of the best, one of the best times I told that story was somewhere. And I told the story and of course he was there and somebody said, yo, why did you get up and, you know, like, like rough him up, you know? And I said, I couldn't. I said, I couldn't. I gave him an out because I said, I love this guy. I said, this guy is like, you know, he's, he's, he's like my little brother. I said, I, I, can't, I can't hurt him. I said, there's no way I could hurt him. So I gave him an out. And I said, I love this guy. And I always remember when I said it, Heavy looked at me and he smiled because, you know, I pretty much told him in telling my story or our story in front of people, I pretty much told him I love him. You know, and that's one thing I, I always said, man, I, I, I'm so happy Like he knew. I mean, he knew, but for me to say it you know that that moment was special because you know because now he really knew i loved him 
And that was like my little brother, man. You know, but classic story that, that will, you know, I'll always have that story. <laughs> Hi, this is Adam Peterson. I'm one of Headley's friends and uh, we've been really close ever since we were in grade one. We've um, been through everything together. So we were elementary school friends, we were high school friends, we were basketball teammates. We were in the talented and gifted program together at Centennial. We were the only two athletes in that uh, gifted program. And one of the best guys you could ever meet. Always there for you. Anytime you need someone to talk to, pick up a phone. He's there ready to, ready to have those talks. Um, yeah, he was, he was there for so many things in my life. Uh, he helped me bury my cat when we were in high school. And um, I still even remember, like one day his mom was coming to pick him up and she goes, oh, she knows that we're going to be friends for life. When we get older, we're going to be godfathers to each other's kids. Unfortunately, my kids were never baptized, but luckily his was, and he did select me to be godfather for Avery, which was awesome. Um, yeah, just overall, he's an amazing guy. I'm going to miss him so much. I've missed him incredibly ever since. He's always going to be in my heart, always in my memory. He was a... Uh, an amazing friend. He's an amazing uncle to my daughters. He'd come out and support them, watch them play basketball. He'd always be interested in everything they're doing, making sure they're happy, they're doing well. Same thing with my wife. He's known her since we were in Champlain College together. And um, he actually met her before I did. <laughs> so he's actually known my wife longer than, than I have. They had a class together, but uh, yeah, he's just an amazing guy. Like he, He's a great friend to so many people. Just one of those guys that, um, you know, he's got the heart of gold and he's ready to help whenever, whenever he can. He was doing things for all kinds of different causes. Wherever he felt like someone needed help, he put up his hand and he said, oh, let me, let me be the one to try to give that helping hand. An amazing guy. Like, like I said, we've done so many things together. We uh, went skydiving together. We um, that was a little bit of a crazy thing, but uh, yeah, we we jumped out of a plane. We survived. <laughs> Something we always said we would never do again, but uh, it's still it's still a cool thing that we did together. And uh, one of the stories I was telling at uh, his service was the first time he dunked on somebody. <laughs> I was there with him. We were playing some two-on-two -two against these guys in Virginia when we were visiting our friend Samir. And uh, when he threw down that dunk, we just looked at each other, didn't say anything. We knew it was special, but we didn't want to, we didn't want to play it up like it's the first time we've ever done this. So uh, we want to make it look like we do this kind of stuff all the time. But as soon as we left that court, we were like <laughs> talking about that all day. First thing we told Samir when he got back to his house. But um, yeah, he's... Just an incredible human being, an amazing father, great husband, and uh, he's going to be missed incredibly. I wanted to have you, you guys and your brothers on the show today because, uh, you know, because a lot of us came up with uh, with Headley back in the day. But, you know, it's been a, a little bit of time since uh, his passing, but I wanted to use this pod, this space for us to just discuss Headley. Um, and I know my aspect of it just, you know, when it comes to South Shore Ave, when I started this, 
it's um, it was kind of like a continuation of for where me and Headley kind of left off because back in I want to say 2008, 2009 around that time, um, we were kind of trying to have like a radio show together. Um, so he was doing some producer work on uh, on CIUT 89.5 um, for this lady. I, I wish I could remember her name right now, but it didn't end up working out and. Um, when I started doing the podcast space, um, like I always started, you know, I, I wanted to have podcasts to be first and on the low, like I was trying to do like a, like trying to do like a, a, a show together with him. Right. But being the supporter that he was, he was like, he, he's like, he wasn't sure if he wanted to do it, but he was like, he wanted to see me win. So he's like, yo, focus on building this to where you want to build it. You know, we ran up through a whole bunch of ideas. This is this is where he was like really supportive in that in that space, you know, and, you know, even even up until, you know, <laughs> before he passed, like he sent me at least I want to say at least three, four guests that he thought I should go after. And he was actually actively trying to help me get some of them and, in, 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 you know, some of these guests in some of these cases, you know, I, I always tell people like when you're you're starting a business, if you're you're trying to, you know, make big moves you always need a Headley on your team because he's so wired to be resourceful, you know, especially if involves seeing any of us win. Like he basically go to war for you in such a passionate and selfless way. Um, so just besides my friendship with him, just for what I'm doing with South Shore Ave, like he meant a lot to it. Just being like, you know, like a sounding board for myself when I had ideas that I was trying to run by. Um, you know, he always gave me certain ideas and, you know, always supported you know anytime i had a guest or somebody like i interviewed or whatever on the show he was like always the first one with some feedback and most of the time was positive you know so for my space you know that's where just on the south shore side of things the south shore app side of things on top of the friendship this is where for me like the impact is felt um so like i said i'm i'm, I'm using this space to kind of just you know like this is kind of a unique situation for all of us um, but I, I want to use it to like just be able to just to share what you feel, man. Um, I guess I'll pass a baton to I guess I'll start with Randall first and just, you know, just see where, where your head's at, you know, after everything's happened and how you feeling and just your thoughts on him and just, you know, everything else. Yeah, man. I mean, candidly, this is it's, it's a surreal moment for all of us. I mean, especially for me, you know, um, I think you you captured, in essence, what Headley was like. He, he was a guy that, as much as he could piss you off at times, he was like your biggest supporter, mm -hmm. right? Um, always celebrated you know, our successes, even down to the point of successes of, you know, even now some of our kids, right? Um, he would randomly call me out of the blue just to talk about AAU basketball, and it's like, how can a guy that has no kid playing ball be so intrigued with what's going on in the AU realm? <laughs> but that was Headley, right? Mm -hmm. He genuinely was intrigued, and he genuinely was intrigued to see how the teams that I was coaching, how they were doing, and my son. And to me, that's that's a true kind of measure of a of a friend, um, a brother. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, he's just you know, a very intricate part of my life. You know, I didn't realize how close I was until you sit back and reflect. And, you know, I know that you had asked for pictures. I'm like, how come I got so many bad pictures of Eddie in my, in my, in my, in my, uh, 
my photo album, right? For all you young bucks, you have photo albums. I don't know who has them anymore, but I had to mm. dig through the crates and, and, and look for for the Polaroids and the um, you know, the, the the developed photos to see like all those kind of memories frozen in time, and it was really, really something um, that brought me back of a lot of great memories of them. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of trips we had that I didn't even really realize. I'd sit back in retrospect, you know, we've, we've been places together, like, yeah. you know, from D.C. to Miami to, to he came to visit me when I was playing in Maine. He even came down when I was going to prep school in Boston, believe it or not. And, Shit. you know, <laughs> we went away for 4th of July one time. There's a lot of trips that I can, like, just ramble off, but you don't even realize it, but I was Headley. I didn't have to talk to Headley every day, but anytime there was a, you know, a, a, a memory of doing something, Headley was, I feel like he was around, and, you know, I, I celebrate that, and him. And, and what's crazy, I mean, it's funny, because even, um, I always say one of, one of, uh, one of my favorite trips that I think we took is when we went to visit him in D.C. I think the first time, I think we, well, we even did a podcast on it, uh, about Club Dream, right? That was, that whole experience with that, if you remember, Randall, like that, that was like, in itself was like a fun and legendary trip just because of all the jokes and all the mayhem we got into and stuff. But to your point, like, yeah, there's just all those things just, it just forges, it just forges bonds. You know what I mean? Yeah. It forges bonds. And, you know, I, I think in more ways than one, it's crazy how we each affect each other. Right? I, I can still remember Hedley calling me, um, and telling me when he was going down to us to run track. I mean, you know, at that time, in, in that era, it was a big deal just to go down south. It doesn't matter what division it was, what school it was. It was mm. just, you made it, right? Yeah. And, you know, when I went down, he was celebrating my successes. And I know, like, you know, I was candidly trying to help him, just like you, you know, I was trying to help you, your plans, trying to play ball, too. Right. You go down south. We all tried to help each other. But when he, when he went down, he called me. It was like, damn, you did it. Like, remember, he did it going into his master's degree. Right. And it's not like he came out of you know, high school and got recruited. This guy grinded. I didn't even know Teddy ran track ever in my life. Mm-hmm. And so and then one day I'm, hear, I'm hearing Headley's an all-Canadian track star? What? Headley Bent? <laughs> the guy that was working at like Foot Locker or whatever he was working at? Right. Come on, man. That, that's a story in itself, man. That you know, is something that you don't hear often and we don't even talk about often. You know, mm-hmm. and he so. started and he started out late too, like as you said, yeah. like like I mean, he used to run track and stuff in high school, but I think after like grade ten, grade eleven, it's funny, but like you know, I think this year we had that conversation about how, um, how he started with track and stuff, and he was like, you know what, because he was so used to doing a sport, you know, every year in high school, he's like, when he was in college, he was just going to school, he said he didn't feel right, so he's just like, well, let me get into something. Like right. that's basically where that started, you know what I mean? Just to just to, yeah. to to you know to to bide his time, and then look how it worked out. And it's a perfect sport for Headley because it's like an individual contributor sport where mm-hmm. you know what you put in is what you're going to get. And look what happened, right? Yeah, he, he, he started from the bottom, you know what I mean? And made it right, like mm-hmm. literally came out of nowhere, dark horse. He started whooping cats and been running for years. Just because he, he put his, you know, he put his, his nose to the grind and just, you know, went, you know, hard body to, to, to get himself in shape and, and, and to get those times down. And, 
Um, yeah. You know, with his, his God-given ability, just, you know, worked harder to, to get where he got. And I'm sure he could have done more. Yeah. I'm sure he could have done more with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mambo, um, just to pass the baton to you so far, um, same thing. The track. I mean, yeah, I remember. Uh, just to go on that, I do know that, like, Headley could have, like, when he was running in in, um, in college uh, down in the States, he actually could have been, like, national level. He went, and I think, I remember him telling me, I think he was just tired. Like, the season in the U.S. was so so grueling by the end he was just too tired to do like the canadian you know championships and stuff mm. but he was right there i mean you know when we were in college we were, we ran the same team together i mean he was number two in the country yeah the guy was like he was a phenom man it came to him so naturally but he worked hard too um and he had fun we had a lot of fun man on track we track you know like trips and everything mm-hmm. he was also like such a good teammate for the same reasons y'all are pointing out like he was always just cheering for everybody. Like, you know, I remember running um, a race and and running and like had seen Headley on the inside, just running along with me. Like, you know, just like cheering you on and pushing and pushing. And I hit the wall, so it didn't work out. But uh, mm. but Headley was like right there. You know, he's right there to support you afterwards. Like everything, he was a he was a great cheerleader, and he would like push you all the time. You can do better. You can do more. Um, they used to, like, do, do weights. He and I used to hit the weight room. We were both, like, two, like, mad skinny dudes trying to hit the weight room. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was, the, he was the one who would be like, hey, put another plate on the, like, let's work harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a hard worker, man. And a legend. And it was always good to have somebody like that on your, on your side, you know, like, pushing you. Um, Sean. Uh, I guess the baton's passed to you for now. What's uh? Hello. Yeah, sorry. Um, you know, I was saying like um, Headley was the type you know who really pushed himself, really grinded to you know really uh, excel at whatever he did. You know, and his, and his interests were so diverse. You know, like. Um, you know, from school where, you know, back in, in high school, he was in a talented and gifted, uh, student program and, you know, us being immature kids, we, we made fun of it like, oh, look at this nerd and the talented and gifted, you know, but it never phased him, you know, and it, it was there that I think he started, um, you know, where, where the seed was planted for a lot of the friendships that he, he, he kept throughout his life with people that, you know, Aren't aren't the stereotypical people that a quote unquote black dude hangs around with? You know, like mm. people of all different kinds, and and you know, like from the the tag to to soccer to track to basketball to you know all kind of different things, and you know to comedy. <laughs> you know, I remember in C. Depp, he tried. Oh to man, I forgot about the comedy. Oh, yeah. this guy's lived many lives, Sean. Please remind me about the comedy because yeah. I remember going to one event. And it was terrible. Oh yeah, that was the one we went to. Like, <laughs> thing is, he he did it in C. Depp, right? Mm. <laughs> and I remember his his moniker was H. So like, oh, this is gonna be trash. So I I went to uh, this was when we were in Champlain. So man, I went. 
to that comedy show just waiting to light him up. Like, Headley, you suck. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Headley's a lot of things, but like, I don't like, know. Like I, the supportive I bastard you are. But go on. Well, I mean. <laughs> I remember that comedy show. Now you say that. Yeah, Headley's a lot of things, but I would have never thought a stand-up comedian. You know what I mean? Mm. So, anyway, so he did that show, and it was surprisingly good. And I was like, wow. And, you know, the crowd loved it. They loved him. It, it was really entertaining. So, you know, I think that there might have been a little bit of home court advantage there because we all knew him. You know what I mean? Mm. And it was in his school, and everybody loved him. So he took his act on the road, and I think man, that, that might have been that time you were there, Randall, when, when we went out to go see him perform at a club. I went and to both. I was at both. Cause I remember the first one I went to. Now you say that. I remember him actually. And it was more like, you know how these new new wave Caribbean comics talk about their parents and being raised by Caribbean parents and all the funny stuff that happens? I thought I thought he did a good job at, at, at encompassing that. And he did. And, and 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 everybody loved it. I even I didn't even think he had some Haitian jokes because everyone was like bucking shots. But then yeah. he put the show on the road and 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 woof. Yeah, not so good, was, man. I remember some girl from the crowd started heckling him, and he started arguing back. And it, it just didn't look. It, it was like grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> you know what I mean? After that, after that second show, he he retired his mic and and his. Uh, and, and, and his, his comedy notebook, but um, it's just like he had such a, like he, and this is what makes it so sad, like he had so much of a passion for life, just to, you know, not intimidated by anything, and not thinking that he couldn't achieve anything, like sometimes even even to his own detriment, or not detriment, but even to, to, to the, to the, confusion or of others you know Henley Henley be the type to get in someone's face and like you be what what are you talking about and you look at Henley look at the guy and be like does Henley see what I see you know but he he was just he does he didn't think there was anything he couldn't do you know what I mean yeah and you know and the thing is it wasn't just that belief in himself, like like you said, Randall. It was that belief in others. You know what I mean? Like Headley legitimately believed and supported people, and I don't know where he found the time, or even you know that that sense of of of, of genuine interest in so many people. Like everybody has the same story about how. He supports their kids, like you know, my son and his acting, your son and and his, <clears throat> your, your son Randall and his basketball. You know what I mean? Like I heard another story about how he he helped somebody else um, with, with with their kid and 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 finding them some type of hybrid math basketball type of thing. You know what I mean? And 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 he was just so supportive. Like well, my my mother. When she she was diagnosed with cancer last year, and around the same time when when his father was going through health problems, so we we bonded on on that front. And he he never he never forgot to ask you know how my mom's doing. And he'd ask me and say, hey, so so how um, so uh, when's your mom's next appointment? I'd be like, ah, oh, it's it's in three weeks. Three weeks come along, and Henley would message me and say, say so how how'd the appointment go? You know, so the first time I'm like, wow, that was pretty good. 
But after every other time, and how's her treatment going? How's this? I'm like, Headley, how do you remember these dates? Like, you 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 remember more than some people that are even <laughs> some family members. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I I I'm. I just go through our, our messages and, 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 you know, see where it is. Like, I'm not as organized as you think. I'll go through our messages and see when you said the next appointment was. And, like, again, genuine caring, not lip service, you know, not just saying it to say it, you know. And, and it's, like, it's it's so sad that, you know, like, like at the funeral people said it, and and sometimes you go to funerals and, you know, people say certain things and, and you know the person and you're like, yeah, you know, he had his moments, but he wasn't as great as you guys are painting him out to be. But Headley was really that, man. Like, Headley was really, like, such a genuine good guy. Amazing father. You know, amazing friend. Amazing son. Amazing husband. It's like, he, he just... He was just such a good dude, man, and it's it's really just it's it's surreal. Even even talking about it now, it's just like I can't believe you know, the dude is gone. It's 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 a it's a surreal thing. You, I think one of the things that characteristics you forgot to mention is is uh, his extreme levels of of competition and not wanting to lose. Like <laughs> <laughs> his 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 love to debate and argue. I mean, and I plan on tagging a few podcast episodes in the description of this episode just to give some examples for people to follow back on to see where, where he, he would debate and everything and like this guy would love to debate with everyone but I, I feel like especially me uh, <laughs> I, and, and I mean you know our, you know, I always like to say like when it came to me and him like it was we, we kind of balanced each other out a little bit like he, he got a high I think he used to get a high to pushing people's buttons like people that like you know, and God knows, Sean, you know you've been through those situations, <laughs> um, and I think everybody here at least one time has been a, been a, a, on the receiving end of those, um, oh yeah, Charlie Murphy uh, habitual line stepping moments. I like Definitely. to call it, you Definitely. know, <laughs> <laughs> like like uh, I and I don't even know if you remember this, Sean, but I remember one time like there was a point where me and him used to debate all the time, and I remember I think. You, I think you. This is like a long time ago, but you individually, you 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 called each each of us like on 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 our own and was like basically like, yo, you guys good? You sure you guys? Is there any beef going on? We're like, no. I, I think I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> you guys used to go at it hard sometimes, and I'm like, holy cow, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But I mean, but that was him, right? Like if. You know, if I like for me, I always said like if the sky was blue, he would say it's purple and try to argue with me why it's purple. But like, I, like I, it's one of those things where it's like I, I feel like I'm just saying, speaking for myself, like you know, I think we used to kind of balance each other out a, lo- a lot of times. Like we came from opposite points of view, but we were similar in a lot of ways, and you know, it, it made for some really good times, a lot of arguments because just because of that competitiveness and. And sometimes that ignorance, it would make for some classic stories. You know, it would make for some classic, just some funny stories. Whatever the topic could be. It could be whether it's sports. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, if, if you know, if Headley was headstrong on, on something, like, you were not you were not shaking him off that, that stoop. And even if he was wrong, he you know, he would admit it in silence way after, you know, <laughs> because he just didn't want to lose. Headley ain't. Headley ain't. Sorry, was he that right? Never, 
I said Headley was never conceded. No, never. No, he'll never. He like concedes. He, he, he concedes secretly to somebody else, but he ain't yeah. conceded to you in your face. He'll never let you know. <laughs> never, never. And it could be anything like fantasy football, just whatever it is, man. Like, I, oh I, man, remember fantasy basketball? He got so entrenched in it that his wife told him he wasn't allowed playing fantasy sports anymore. <laughs> Yeah, we we we've had some uh, we've had some some funny issues. Like I remember one time, I think he 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 like he basically nagged me for weeks about making a trade. And this guy one time called and said it was you know he was like he sent me a text like yo nine one one is an emergency. So I'm like oh shit, you know I think I was at a dinner. I'm thinking something <laughs> something's happening, something's wrong. And I called the guy. I'm like yo what's up? He's like yo you gonna do the trade? I'm like dude are you serious? Like you actually, call, like I got so bad, and then, um, and then I remember um, we made the trade, and by mistake he traded his best player, and Randall, I saw it, I just pressed accept, and he sent me, he sent me back a text like, "Yo, I made a mistake. Can you send the player back?" And I just went ghost, and this yo, <laughs> this guy lost his mind. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man, he lost his mind. Like, like, yo, I remember. I remember the. Oh, it, was, it was hilarious. Like the wives were like trying to get involved, and I'm like, I'm not answering the phone. It was just, I, I was always gonna trade him back, but I just wanted to see him sweat. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, because I, because I, I knew how how much it bothered him taking an L. So I was just, I was like, I was like, of course, I was, I was always gonna trade him back, but I just, I just wanted to just make him sweat for a week, until it was like absolutely necessary that he had to get the player back, and then I sent him back. But just those those moments of his, you know, competitiveness, not wanting to lose, you know, it's just it's it's legendary, you know, it's legendary. But uh, yeah, I knew it was, he was competitive, but like I feel like the way he came at it with fantasy, <laughs> fantasy sports, he suddenly realized like his next level of not just competitiveness, but like pettiness that he would <laughs> oh, in yeah. the game yeah, when he, he would lose. My favorite is how. My man would like lose a matchup, and instead of just being like taking his lump, maybe you know even conceding, like, all right, man, I was talking a lot of trash, but you know whatever, good job, like winning, whatever, <laughs> just disappear, give you nothing, <laughs> disappear from all chats, all email, everything, and you would you couldn't find him for like a week, and then he would come back a week later with his classic like switch the subject, like he'd be like, hey, y'all hear about? XYZ, you're like, where you been, man? <laughs> We're talking about... <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, man. You, you would just want to ignore it. Oh, yeah, it didn't happen. Like, what are you talking about? It didn't... It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if... Well, I don't know if you would remember this, Mambo, but I think, Randall, you was in this, too. Remember remember when... um This way back in the day with, like, NBA... Remember VGM? Remember when NBA.com had their fantasy league way back in the day? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he used to have his... Oh, um, yeah. I was part of that, too. I remember you, that. You were part of that? Too? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. What, what he used to do with his, um, with uh, some of his teammates from, from Lewis. But I remember those days was hilarious because the, the, the trash talking that would go back and forth between, like, the Montreal, Toronto guys and, and the guys from the States, you know, not that. wanting to, to, to give up any kind of, like, foothold on, on anything. And it's like, yo, anytime you took a tumble, it was like you're getting text messages, the worst phone calls. Oh, it was it was it was hilarious. I, I I'll tell a funny story though. Um, just just to just to show like, and this is where Sean, where where you would say like, yo, if you guys were good, 
So my <laughs> one of the worst moments, I would say this is one of the worst moments I have played basketball, but um, I, we, 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 this is what back at Ryerson, we had, um, oh, this is a week, it was a weekend that we, you know, we had our games on Friday and Saturday. Uh, we lost both the games, both of them were buzzer beaters, both of them on me. Right. And I, um, I don't know how he found out to this day. Actually, I think I kind of know how he found out the next day. This guy emailed his entire mailing list. He found, he actually found an article. I didn't even know there was an article for it. The guy, found, he found an article and sent it to this entire mailing list. I remember people were emailing me from like, I didn't talk to from Centennial <laughs> like five years. And they're like, oh, Calvin, man, tough break. And I'm like, what is going <laughs> on here? I would see like a hundred messages. It was, it was wild, man. I, 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 I got him back, but it's, it's a story that I can't really share, unfortunately. But I did get him back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a typical Hadley move. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Once, once, once you tripped up, he was there to, to, to rub your face in it. And then when he tripped up, he tried to run like hell, so that so his face don't get rubbed in it. <laughs> I mean, this class, this class of moves just just change the subject. Was that? Hey, oh hey, yeah. Look at this. Look at anything, anything that happens, you like, you start cracking jokes on him. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Look at Randall. Everybody, look yeah, at yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man! No, yeah. but so go ahead, go ahead. No, here, no, go ahead. <laughs> okay, you know, going forward, I mean, I guess this is a tough question to ask. I already, I only really have like one question, um, and I guess we kind of touched uh, touched on it a lot here. But like, what do you think? Like, you know, and this is a, a kind of hard question to ask because of it just makes it more final, even though we've already you know kind of been through all this in the last month or so. Um, but what do you think his legacy should be? Should you know what? I, and I, I think it was actually your brother, right? That said something that really resonated with me. Okay. Everything we do, we got to do it headlyish. Oh, it was, it, was, it was me that said that, but go on. Oh, it was you? Sorry. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I, I, wanted to, I wanted your brother to give it to yeah, me. Don't give away my credit. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think you summed it up the best on that. And maybe it's better. Like I, I can't remember the whole. I got the gist of it, but I won't want to steal your thunder if you're the one that, that no, they, they coined headlyish. But I, I would say that that really, really resonated with me when I, when I sat back and I, and I was listening and I was like, you know what? It's true. The, the amount of things that Headley has done to affect others and it's become reciprocal. Like, you know, you, you'll you'll say like, the relationships that we've g- gained our networks through Headley, like the, the way that he's with work, we talked about it this whole call, the way that, you know, he was able to check up on people and care in a genuine way. I mean, all those, you know, again, I say it from the beginning, there's a lot of times and there's stories I don't even want to say on this call yeah. where I'd be like, Headley, you rat bastard, you know, they piss you off. But in the same vein, I have way more stories that I'm like, man, especially as we got older, I think that I I really began to admire him more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in a different respect, not in a you know, oh man, I, I you know, a lot of times I find in the black community we we where we idolize people that have more money, the fancy cars, nice clothes, you know, the girls, whatever it is, right? right. But Hesley had something that was really that I really admired, and it was looking at things at, at a different lens, and like we all said, like. 
checking up on people and genuinely caring about the successes of others. You know, you, you don't think about it until I got older. I'm like, man, this kid is really annoying with calling me about this AAU. Like, he was bothering me to start a prep school in Montreal, and he generally wanted to. And, and, and I, we could sit here and laugh about it, but the dude generally was, like, bugging me about it. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to work. And he was just, like, badgering me about it. And that was that's what I admire about him. And, and, and the other thing, too, is just, you know, even looking at how 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 much he impacted me as a father, right? Like, like that video almost brought me to tears, like, when he was, um, even now I'm choking up talking about it, like, when he was teaching yeah. his son how to ride a bike, right? Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I would talk to him, you know, I, you know, you know, quote unquote fatherly type of things. And he would say, like, he had his son and daughter into, like, things. I would be like, yeah, right. I'm not putting my son in no, you know, robotic camp or something like that. Like, and that was like, my, like my, my son's a little bit older than his, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, fairly older, right? But, you know, in retrospect, like, I'm now looking to put my daughter into that, who's there, there around the age of, of his kids, right? Like, yeah. those are things that I would have never thought about. Like, you know, and, and Sean touched on it, even about the whole tag thing. Like, you know, like, like you look at some of the people back in the day you would hang with, and you're like, man, this guy has, like, hangs with some weirdos. In the retrospect, some of these weirdos are the type of people I want to be close to now, right? And he, and, and, you know, just because they were more successful, in, you know, in certain attributes of their life. Um, and... I look at Headley as that bridge, right? So, mm. yeah. What about you, uh, Sean? That's a real difficult question to answer. Man. Um, I, I think his legacy is the 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 um, the impact he had on so many people, the, the lives he touched. You know what I mean? Like, there are so many lives that he touched. You know, it's like. Even even after he passed, um, I, I would talk to a few people that I bumped into him randomly and, and said he passed. And they said, oh, yeah, I heard. And, you know, yeah, uh, he was in town. And I bumped into him, and then we went out for a drink. Or, yeah, he was in town, and I bumped into him, and then we went to go eat at a restaurant. Like, <clears throat> And, you know, he was just such a genuine guy. And it was so, like, he, he just... I think his legacy is the lives, the lives he's touched on. Like, I think if we can all, you know, look at our lives, you know, as we reach the end and, and, and realize we've touched as many lives as, as, as Headley, then, you know, you've, you've lived a, a good life. And, you know, in such a short time, you know what I mean? 45, he, 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 he experienced so much. You know, he accomplished so much, and, and and he touched, like I said, so many lives, and I think that that's, that's what I would say is his legacy. Yeah. Mambo? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd echo what all y'all said. I think, um, you know, Hesley was, like, one of the most charismatic people I ever met, um, and he was the type of person who, you know, when you were kind of in his space with him, you felt special, like he made everybody feel special. You felt like it was all about you. He had this way of like pulling people in and, and just making anybody that was around him kind of feel seen and heard and, and special. And like he was super inquisitive, what are you doing? Like he just want to know everything about you. And, and, 
and that like has an impact and that touch people and so you know he he traveled he lived in different places like he's impacted so many people all over the place like people will never even know who came across him and will just like have a memory of him i mean he's he's the he's the person that like you know when he came to visit me in places or whatever people talk about that guy oh you know they might not even remember his name but they're like oh you're your friend that's the, the tall like you know the tall that tall slim guy man you know how's he doing you know it's like he just made an impact on people and um so i think like there's elements of his legacy that are literally scattered around the world and then um kind of like a legacy that lives on and obviously his family and his friends and you know all the people that knew him and i think want to, to carry on and try to like live on some of the better parts of, of who Headley was and yeah. you know like be a better person ourselves yeah and i and you know it's uh you know i guess the positive i take from from i guess these moments is you know like it, it definitely recon re- had me reconnect with some people you know and they know who they are and you know i'm i'm gratefully appreciated i wish it was under better circumstances but the fact that you know we're some at least with some people we're back in each other's lives i think that's amazing um you know it's uh you know I, i'm still just to be honest like i'm still grieving through this as like, i guess we all are losing our brother my brother you know this really hurts and you know i'm up and down a lot of days you know and um and i and i know for a lot of our friends especially in toronto and back in montreal like I think in some ways, you know, I've mentioned this before, like we'll, we we got to we, we may have to start leaning on each other just to chats and check ins and visits, whatever, you know. And, you know, I, I don't think this is the type of loss that you, you get over like Kelly's irreplaceable. But, you know, I think how like, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. But like, you know, in terms of his legacy, the, what, the way I look at it is to I guess to add to everything what you guys are saying, like. However, I move forward because I'm I'm not sure what this is gonna look like. You know, I know I just want to do it in a positive way with positive energy. You know, and I really don't know what that's gonna look like, but I just want to move in a positive manner. You know, tighten up, tighten up certain things in my life. You know, be open to a lot more things and just be dil- diligent in how I use my energy. Like you know, it's it's cliche. You know that term. These things really put things in perspective, but. I would say not to say like, you know, I'm not even out of this yet because, you know, I think a lot of us aren't. But like, I feel really appreciative about life right now because I know for for myself, you know, you take for granted sometimes how much our lives are like intertwined with each other until moments like this happen. Right. And, you know, getting reflective on that, like I look at some of my biggest moments in my life and my family's life, like this guy was present. And. And to, to touch on what you're saying, Randall, about, you know, the, the, the conversation that I was having with one of my friends and we were talking about, you know, being like headlyish, you know, and I think those are the things that I personally hope that, you know, for people that that knew him and I loved them, I hope they also carry that as part of his legacy. You know, don't be afraid to to be open to new ideas, new things. And it could be something simple as just, hey, maybe trying to go to a jazz club, you know. <laughs> Like something simple as that, like most people don't do that. Like that's a thing where it's like, hey, let's go post up at a jazz club and let's let's try this restaurant. Let's let's go to this bar. Let's 
you know, let's let's do curling. You know, like these are some of the conversations you would have. It's just anything open. Be open to all ideas. Don't be afraid. Never be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid of those moments that could possibly impact your life. Those are just some parts to me of, of what being headlyish is all about, you know. So, um, yeah, like this is like I said, this is this is a tough conversation to have, you know. But I'm glad that you guys hopped on here and and did this with me. Um, but you know, I guess we'll wrap up here. But brothers, you know, again, like this is tough, man. But thank you, you know, for 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 doing this. I you know, I I've, I've never had to do a podcast like this before, um, and I hope I don't have to for a very long time, but. You know, I'm, I'm glad to do it with you guys, though. Yeah, no doubt, brother. No yeah. doubt. Thank you for putting this together, man. I think it's something that, um, you know, we can we can listen to later on and appreciate. Um, I mean, I even would think that maybe you can even, if it's possible, to, to, to tag some of the podcasts that he has been on for us to go back and kind of relive his mm-hmm. His, uh, his his messaging and his in his in his pods because I know he had some good ones. So. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and that that that's in the works. So that that definitely will be done. I, I definitely will do that. So, um, yeah, for sure, I definitely will be doing that. About a week ago, into his passing, I was uh, I was having a conversation about his life with a friend of mine, and we started to discuss the need to be more bold, uh, to move with less fear, to be open and try new things, anything especially if it's to enhance who you are. We ended up calling it headlyish because those were some of his best qualities and it's his gift that needs to be shared with everyone. Implementing that mindset into your life, even if it's just for a little bit, is freeing. I used to watch him exhibit all of those qualities almost on a regular basis and you start to realize that we all have those qualities, but for whatever reason, people park that away due to their inner fears and then sometimes... The routines of life just get in your way. And we all know how it is, but we all have that in us to break out of the box and move with great confidence. And you don't have to be that way all the time, but when you're around people like that, you realize it's more than fine just to sprinkle some of that into your lives. While I continue to process this all, I, I can tell you that it's one of this it's one of the things that I'll continue to carry on forever. And whether you knew them or not. I hope all of you do the same as well. Headlyish. There it is. Thank you for tuning into the AV podcast. And thank you for all of the people who took their time to participate in this episode. Thank you to Sean Adonis, Randall Walter, Andrew Mambo, the rest of my South Shariah family members, Big Brother Curtis, Kevin W., Jules Kamish, author Jonathan Boxhill, former NHL vet and assistant coach of the Henderson Silver Knights, Joel Ward. DJ Chris Nice, and Adam Peterson, the owner of Toronto Hoop Stars. Thank you, sincerely, to all of you. And thanks to all of you for listening to this special episode. So much has happened during my hiatus to, to address, including Carabana. And I thank everyone for all of those who attended my Carabana event, the Sunday afternoon carnival barbecue party. Um, it was very successful this year. We'll be back for year 15 next year. But on the podcast note, I'll be back in about two weeks from now with new episodes. Um, the hiatus will be over, um, including the, within the next month, the first ever ultimate R&B draft. More details to come. No, it has not been done. And yes, you will want to watch that. 
especially if you're a lover of R&B. Please believe me. Believe me. Stay tuned for that. Check out my catalog over at SalSharav.com. Once again, that's SalSharav.com for all my past episodes. And you can check out a few of my favorite past episodes that I have of Headley posted in the description of this episode as well, um, including the last one I recorded back with him at the beginning of June. Once again, one more time, that's SalSharav.com. And check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Type in SalSharav and you're good to go. For everyone that participated in this episode today, my name is Cal C. And you just tuned in to another episode of the Av Podcast on South Shore Ave Radio. My love goes out to all of Headley's loved ones, most importantly, his family. And you all know who you are. Rest in peace to a warrior, a king, a South Shore legend. To Headley Bent, that spirit of yours is infused within South Shore Ave. You're never going to be forgotten here. Love to all of you.